Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by the color blue. Short, but scrappy. Episode 189, Reliable Detox with Rotom. Hey everyone, welcome to the React Native Radio Podcast, where we explore React Native together. I'm your host, Jamin Holmgren, and I am joined today by one of my co-hosts, Robin and Aditi could not make it today, but Harris is here. Harris, are you still in uh, in Montreal? Yes, I am. Hey everyone. So are you, uh, you going to stick around there for a while, or are you planning to move around the country again? Well, I'm actually planning to go to Vancouver and, uh, I mean still domestic so we can still do that uh hopefully yeah. it'll be better for my mental health because uh, staying in in montreal can be a bit depressing <laughs> is the city that bad yeah because we don't really have uh too many outdoors activities and the vaccine rollout is not as good as in israel so i am jealous <laughs> yeah we're going to be talking i'm going to introduce him in just a moment our guest who is in israel so harris are when you are in vancouver are you going to do some outdoor Outdoor activities? I just enrolled in uh, snowboarding lessons, and I would not have done that had it not been for the pandemic. But yeah. I skied for the first time in early, early pre-pandemic 2020, and it was great. It was amazing. We we went up to Mount Hood here uh, near Portland and stayed at a cabin, little cozy cabin in the woods, like right next to Mount Hood or basically on Mount Hood. And then I went up and uh, and skied. My wife is extremely good at skiing and just kind of floats down the mountain. And I had I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and stuff, and I, I managed to do it without falling and stuff, uh, which was good at at my age and size. So uh, that's cool. Uh, hopefully, it goes well and you don't break anything. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> With us today is a very special guest, Rodem Maidan. Uh, he is the it, correct me if I'm wrong here, Rodem, but it, I believe your bio says that you are the former leader of the detox team at Wix. It says former, right? Like, yeah, that, that's that's true. So, hi everyone. Uh, yeah, let, let's get one thing at a time. Um, <laughs> so, 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 hi, I'm Rodem. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm in Israel, uh, in Tel Aviv, where we're now having our third lockdown. So this, so doing this is also something that is uh, a bit. I mean, it has its its challenges. I need to close two doors, and have my kids just outside, so probably would hear some <laughs> of the some of the yelling or or the laughing. Totally cool. And yeah, so so what you said, I mean, what you mentioned is, is yes. I I recently uh, left the role of managing the detox team at Wix, mm-hmm. and I'm now pursuing. Uh, um, but a different role um, in in a server development at Wix, um, and this is and this is something that I think I mean it's after almost five years uh, doing mobile at Wix. No, that's great. And I I first met you, uh, we've actually met in person, and it was at Chain React 2018, I believe. You gave a talk on Detox. Uh, you can check out that talk. We'll we'll put a link in the in the show notes. That was really well received. Detox, when it came on the scene, was like I, I feel like everybody was like, "This is this is the answer. This is what we need for end to end testing." I hope, yeah, that this is the this is something that that people needed and 
well, I also know that this is something that is like the de facto end-to-end testing tool today with React Native. And yeah. this is what we're really trying, or the team is still really trying uh, hard to do. And Wix uses Detox internally a lot. And we have one of the biggest React Native applications in, I think, in the world, probably. We're over 100 mobile developers are building uh, the same single mobile app. Um, so, so having uh, greased and, and very, very good CI processes is something that is really, really important to us. Uh, so Detox is really a part, a very, very central part in that, in that process. Um, and that's why we are able to uh, to invest so much in it. Uh, the team itself consists of four engineers and we're building a lot of the features upon the, the needs of, of the application and upon the needs of, of our developers. And we see that this is also being received very well outside. Nice. I was actually also a part of, uh, of a different episode in React Native Radio and in, in its first, I think, first uh, um, uh, in its first life. Um, episode mm-hmm. 78, if I'm not 78? mistaken. Okay. I, th- I think so, yeah. Um, that's what I just Google now. Um, yeah, so so Perfect. there I, I spoke about about detox in, in general. And I think today is, we're going to have something a bit more unique uh, about detox. And Nice. Actually, uh, everything you said makes me wonder, can you tell us a bit about the origins of Detox? Like, why did you guys wake up one day and decide, let's build this? First thing was uh, the engineering challenge to, to, to build something that would make it easy for React Native developers to, to build end-to-end tests. But seriously, uh, we've, we've been working with Appium even before we really started building this huge app. Uh, we, we, we had an experience with something a bit smaller, also with React Native. And then we tried something else. We tried Appium and we found that this is something that we couldn't... There were a lot of places where we couldn't find a solution. Let's say when we opened the app in debug and we're waiting for the packager to load uh, the app and we see that this is a process that can take any amount of time from a second if this is already being loaded to i don't know maybe 2 minutes if it's a big bundle or and and, and it needs to to build everything from scratch so in this case if you run an end to end test on a debug flavor you would see that this could be very flaky so you would need to i don't know wait for an unknown amount of time. Mm-hmm. We then saw that there are there were some projects uh, that has done things like it successfully, like uh, Espresso uh, by Google, and really like at the beginning or just about just before we started working on on Detox, uh, Google also released Earl Grey, uh, which is mm. uh, Earl Grey, yeah. Which is also, it's the same thing uh, that Espresso does on Android. They do that on iOS as well. So they have some sort of synchronization mechanism that runs inside the up under tests process. And and it waits for things to, to be idle um, and only interacts with the app when when it's done. So when, when it's idle again. So it, 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 
it tries to understand if there is no network requests now, no animations, no anything, and, and only then it interacts with the app. When Earl Grey was released, we, we found that, that this is probably a good time to try and take this technology and add it inside Detox. Now, the funny thing is that we, two months ago, two months ago, yeah, it was two months ago, we released a new version, Detox 18, uh, which was our final parting of Earl Grey. Earl Grey is not yeah. a part of Detox anymore. I was going to ask about that because uh, that I saw that in the release notes. That was uh, really interesting uh, that you went away from Earl Grey. Yeah. Um, so this is probably maybe the, the biggest change we had in Detox in like, maybe since its inception on, on iOS. So a year ago, we decided to totally rewrite uh, the iOS part of Detox. Mm-hmm. And mainly because we knew that Earl Grey doesn't do things the way that we want it to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So one of the other projects that we're building internally now, uh, for quite some time now, is a performance benchmark project. Mm-hmm. A project that will run Detox and then... Uh, we'll take, we'll measure all kinds of events and all kinds of, uh, of um, like memory usage of the app and CPU usage and all kinds of other, other metrics. And by using Earl Grey, we knew that because Earl Grey does it, it the way that it, that it tries to understand if the app is idle is by polling all its, it is, those are called idling resources. It, it pulls all those idling resources and tries to okay. understand, okay, so the network manager, are you idle now? And the animations, are you idle now? And it does that on every, and every time it has an opportunity to do it. So it adds, and it adds this, this check on every time the, 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 the process does its event loop. Yeah. So it, so it can do it for like, 3,000 times a second, and it gets the CPU just to 100%. With a lot of end-to-end testing frameworks, they do polling to see, are, you know, did do I see the result I want to see on the, right. on the page? And, right. and, and that's more of like a black box testing. This is still doing polling, or at least Earl Grey was still doing polling, but it's doing it in a kind of micro way, in a very targeted way, where it's looking at those processes. That's very interesting. Yeah, that, that's right. It, it's it does polling, but but on different things, not on yeah. not on the yeah. end result, but on how the system is ag- acting or reacting right now. The way that that we understood that we need to to take it is is an approach that instead of poll everything, uh, we knew we we need to um, to have it and to, to rebuild it with an event based mechanism. It knows to to send an event back whenever they're getting idle. It sends an event that I'm now idle. So this takes, I would say, almost zero or very negligible CPU usage. Yeah. Uh, that the new and the new implementation takes much less CPU implementation CPU uh, usage, and and we can see that in how Detox uh, now mm-hmm. runs in, in parallelization. So I, yeah. I, I tweeted uh, like a month ago about the, new, uh, about the new version and how we managed to get much more out of uh, a specific machine, of specific hardware. With this, we almost, I think that we increased or decreased 
about 30% of the runtime of the test suite, not because Detox is faster per worker, but because we can now run many more workers uh, on, on the same CPU. Um, so on gotcha. my 2018 MacBook Pro, I can now run, like, I mean, the optimal setup would be running 10 simulators in parallel. And the previous version, we only, uh, the, we only could run five in parallel. You all are doing some really amazing work with Detox. But one of the reasons that we brought you on the show was you, you actually reached out to me after listening to a previous episode of That's right. React Native Radio, which is awesome. Thanks for being a listener. <laughs> episode 180. For those of you who haven't listened to it, that is Testing Strategies, Tools, and Frameworks. And we talked about testing, which is, of course, something that Detox is going to come up in. And one of the comments that was made was that uh, sometimes detox can be a little flaky. And, you know, we run into situations where it'll, it'll fail, and then you have to run it again, and then it'll pass. Rotom's like, ah, I gotta, I gotta get in touch with these guys. You know, we, we, <laughs> we have ways around that. So the whole reason that that detox was created was because Appium was was flaky. And so detox is supposed to be a lot less flaky. And there are places where it will fall over, but there are techniques really to to write a stable end-to-end test. And so prior to us, you know, we, we scheduled this recording. And then prior to that, you actually came up with an article on Wix engineering blog, which is titled Detox, Writing Stable Test Suites. Simple. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. And I've read through it. It really has laid out a lot of great stuff. In fact, if people go and read that article, they're probably going to get a lot of the same information that they get from us today. Maybe we'll we'll fill in a little more of the, well, we'll be able to ask some questions that have kind of come up. Without further ado, let's let's just get into the article and talk about the different techniques that you've laid out on the table for writing stable test suites. First of all, I, I learned so much from just reading that article. I've used Detox before. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're talking about how sometimes, you know, the answer is in the documentation, but, you know, just putting it <laughs> together in an article like you did, I think helped a lot, uh, yeah. even, but like nowhere to look, you know? So you start off with some ground rules. You, you kind of just give some rules of thumb around, I think actually these, these aren't specific to detox. These would be a good idea to do in any end to end, to end uh, in any testing, testing actually. Yeah. Any testing at all. Yeah. Exactly. So the first one is no consistent input is equal to no consistent output. This I've heard said, of course, garbage in, garbage out, right? And uh, <laughs> that's the GIGO thing. And so do you want to talk a little bit about that? So this is something I, I also talked about in the talk in yeah, Chain React 2018. Um, mm-hmm. Users need to understand, of course, that if they're not controlling their inputs, uh, let's mm-hmm. say if this would be uh, uh, some sort of response from the server or uh, experiment or an A/B test that is being uh, that is get, getting different different thing that that gets into the app, um, so those could could execute different code paths uh, in mm-hmm. the app. So you can either get a specific error or something not loading or an actually different screen. What we had when we began working with detox like in CI in a very like in a serious manner is that we found that when we're running things locally on the dev machine, we got some sort of 
experiments that we got on, on that specific user. But when we ran the same exact code, the same exact test in CI, we got something totally different. And mm -hmm. we found out that we have different experiments that run in the United States and different experiments that run in Israel. So, <laughs> so we, only, we were only able to see that when we took screenshots and videos of what's going mm -hmm. on in CI. And when we understood that, we understood that we need to build some sort of mechanism that will enable us to pre-configure all, all this experiments blob and, and run it and connect this, this specific configuration per test. So mm -hmm. then we can run it anywhere in the world and we just override whatever the, like the big system, the big production system of Wix is doing with, with A-B tests. And we got an, a, a consistent behavior with that. Mm -hmm. And one more thing is, is the ability of, of like, we want to make sure that those servers that we're working on, on those production servers that we're working on, um, are, we're getting consistent, uh, or we're not getting errors from, from them. So yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this probably in a few minutes of how we actually make sure that we don't get errors from those servers, uh, yeah. and that, and then we see that we have uh, what we call consistent input across the board with all the uh, with all the responses from from the servers. Makes sense. Yeah, and this this sort of thing can show up in things like time zones as well. It's you know if you're if you have timing th issues. Robin brought up uh, we have a section of the podcast where we talk about weird bugs, and Robin brought one up in a previous episode about you know a test that would only fail in January of this year <laughs> because <laughs> we had, we actually did have a bug and it was because we were uh, not expecting months to be zero based instead of one based. So it was like zero was January. One was February instead of one, two. So that was, uh, that was another thing where uh, you, your tests, you need to make sure that you have a consistent environment that you're, that you're playing in and working in to right. make sure that, you know, if, yeah, if your CI server is in America and you're in Israel, that, that, uh, that you're looking at the same thing. That makes sense to me. What you say in the article is the most important tip really in the end. And that is writing isolated tests, making sure that each test is starting fresh and not dependent on the execution of previous tests. So this is something where like, if you had a test, here's an example, I guess, uh, if you had a test that logged you in and, and like wanted to test the login procedure. The next test should not be like, okay, now that I'm logged in, let's do something else. It's that's depending on the execution of the previous test. And that can be flaky. I will admit to something, uh, a, a little, little confession here. I tend with, with detox to write these kind of long paths through the app. You know, they're like happy paths, but they're like, I'm going to log in and then I'm going to go here and then I'm going to go to here and I'm going to go here and I'm going to go check this, 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 this. So in a way I'm kind of, I'm kind of violating this principle, but it's partly <laughs> because I want it to be faster and I'm already logged in. So I want I don't want to go re-log in for something else. And, and I'm already on this page. So why don't I just switch to this other one and check it? So I, I think this is the one that I violate the most. And it's also the one that you say is the most important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and I, I would say that I really understand some of those uh, some of those violations because it, it does make sense a lot of times to uh, to not repeat something that you want to do. Let's say a login, actually a, a login 
uh, scenario is something that, well, you don't have a real good solution to. So what we did with logins specifically is that we have a mechanism that enables us to do a quick login uh, mm. uh, in, in the system. So we have two flavors of the app. The first one is the production, the one that goes to users and it has no no hacks in, in it, mm -hmm. no, no kind of, uh, of overriding mechanisms. In, internally, what we have is some sort of, uh, um, like we have a few mechanisms, just like the, the A-B test uh, override mechanism. Uh, mm -hmm. We have also a mechanism that helps us do a quick login. So in that quick login, we put the same user and, and password in, 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 but in the test itself, not, not mm -hmm. within the app. And we don't log in with the login screen, but we actually tell the app to do a login for us, uh, but in a much, much faster way. Mm -hmm. So when we have this sort of mechanism, we can then free ourselves of, yeah. of building things that are not isolated. And this was, and this was a big thing for, for us in, in isolation of, of tests. Uh, this yeah. this enabled us to actually do uh, we have a login uh, test suite that actually tests the login flow, but all the others which also need to log in, uh, they don't run through the whole real production login setup, but they do this quick login instead, um, yeah. and the result itself is 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 exactly the same uh, at the end. That makes sense. Yeah, you you mentioned in your in this section that you you restart the app before every test too. So you actually are providing some tools that will help you isolate the environment. You're not just saying, okay, you know, I have to like, like you actually give like a before all, and then you can run a, a, a you know, a script to, to restart the app. That that's true. So those, those events before all, and uh, I mean, all, all those events are actually, uh, be, not events, all those um, um, hooks, all those hooks or... before all, before each, and all those lifecycle hooks of the test runner are actually a part of the test runner. And mm. we've been using, um, I think that solely, almost solely, um, a, a Jest uh, by Jest, now, yep. Jest Circus. Mm -hmm. And this is our recommended um, um, our recommended uh, uh, test runner. And mm -hmm. this is this is because we know how to do a lot more with Jest than we know how to do with, let's say, Mocha or different implementations of Jest specifically. Mm -hmm. Because Jest Circus is also, um, I think this is, I'm not sure if it's already the default, but it will become the default uh, test runner of of Jest, and it has a lot of features that we that we really incorporate. Um, and we use all those in artifact collection because we need to understand when the app starts, when the test starts, and we need to correlate all those events together in order to like create a coherent um, um, file or a coherent artifact directory that says on a specific test or on a specific uh, launch of the app we want to um, we want to to order all those artifacts together 
if those are logs or application logs or, or videos or, uh, or screenshots, we want to make sure that whenever a test fails, we, we take the screenshots just at the same time. And we, we want to make sure we get this, um, the screenshot exactly at the time it fails. So not like a half second later, we want to take it exactly when it fails. So we could know what actually was on the screen when, when the test failed. Uh, and we do much more than that, not just taking screenshots, but also uh, we're taking hierarchy dumps and, uh, and things that are maybe very helpful for, uh, um, for a later investigation. Mm. We, we take it to the max with each platform. Uh, with iOS, we can't delete the, the, the application data, but with Android, we can do that. Um, just because, just because those, um, or just because Apple doesn't allow to to delete the the the, the data, and they uh, they only allow for uninstall and install if you want to get something fresh, like from from the beginning. Uh, so we have a flag in launch app if you want a new instance. Uh, it's just new new instance true is just load the app again and make sure that we have a new process but you, we can also reinstall the app in, in the same time. One uh, rule of thumb I really like from your article is like your test should probably end with an expect line, right? So Right. Because anything after that, what what's the point of it? Like you're going to be resetting anyway. Yep, makes sense to me. Now, you you point out an issue, tests hang and time out. And I've had this problem happen to me. So this is one I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about it. You say that there are a few different reasons that this can happen. And you kind of explain Detox's gray box mechanism. You talk about, you know, how it waits for network reflect, uh, how it waits for network requests, animations, etc. This gets to, uh, there's a, there's an example of output for printing synchronization status. So when things are, when things are just taking a long time, it'll actually pop out a bit of code or a bit of uh, output that is, you know, says the system is busy, busy with the following tasks, dispatch queue, uh, main run loop and a network request. And it says what the URL is. Yeah, actually, uh, on that topic, could you talk to us a bit more about what is this synchronization output? Uh, so I, I, I kind of understand, like I understand, um, the why and you know, that detox manages the sync, but, uh, there's a few things here other than like the network status. Um, for example, specifically the, the, the loops or the queue, like to a developer like me that comes from, you know, web development and not, not necessarily very familiar with, uh, as familiar with the native code. Uh, what, what do all of these mean, especially like the native, the main loop, for example? So, um, I think I'll, I'll start a bit about, uh, the differences between Detox 17 and Detox 18. Um, the, the comment that was made in episode 180 was that the application hangs and you don't really know what to do. So, um, so if I'm not sure who, uh, who said that, but, but, uh, if he would take the same test and would just add minus D at the end of the detox test command, it will get the output of what we call debug synchronization. That is uh, some sort of uh, a mechanism 
that that's like initiates from JavaScript and it well it well the the JavaScript uh, uh, executor or uh, not not executor the the, um, um, the JavaScript orchestrator uh, is what runs in in Node inside inside Jest. It sends a command. It sends an expectation command or or a matching command that it need, that it wants to uh, that it wants to, to to get an answer to. And when this is not resolved from native because the native waits for things to get idle, it won't do all that because it waits for things to get idle. Um, so the the JavaScript uh, so the node process then sends an event that says, hey, I, I know you're busy, but tell me why. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is the debug synchronization. So we send some sort of a, an event to, uh, or some sort of a request to a native to ask what's going on. And then this returns with all this information. So with Detox 17, this wasn't turned on by default. And the reason for that is that it wasn't very stable, or at least it wasn't stable to the uh, to the point that we could say, okay, we can put that on by default. Uh, yeah. And we did Oxiting because we rewrote everything, and this is now not Earl Grey anymore, and this is a code that we control 100%. Uh, then we know that this now is is much more stable. So if you'd run Detox 18, now on every on any application and 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 the application would hang it would automatically just print all those uh busy um all those all this debug synchronization uh, yeah. output uh, to your uh test runner log mm-hmm. um, now if we if we dive a bit inside this we can see that our a few things so we're waiting for uh let's say if, if we'll take a look at the First example, we see that this is something that only waits for a network, but we have three kind of things that are not idle at that point. Mm. Um, so it, it it attributes to the way that, or to, to how Detox works. Detox doesn't really know a lot on, on how things are working inside the app. It just, like, in the most dumb way, hooks itself up to a few resources in the app, uh, so let's say to uh, to the network stack as we have here, the the, the network request, uh, but also to the main run loop or what other threads run loop and all kinds of uh, uh, and all kinds of other queues. So the, this run loop that you see, main the, the main run loop, um, is the actual. Um, um, the the run loop of of the main thread. So whenever you you ask for the system to get something, uh, this is usually done like it's being done first from the main thread, and then it just outputs it to other threads. But sometimes um, the the thread is synchronized, or at least waits for uh, responses from the other threads that running on the system. Uh, so. So whenever something like this happens, the main thread, well, it's it's idle, but it still waits for something. So it says that it has something in its event queue, and and it needs to to end. And so the event queue itself is not empty, and while it's not empty, it just 
outputs that as a, as a thing. But this is more of a side effect of the network request itself. So it just outputs everything it knows about the system, but the actual thing here is that you have a network request, a network request in flight. And probably the, the best way to approach this is to make sure that if you see a network request, this is probably the culprit. Uh, and you can test it by just removing it or, or making sure that you have, uh, or, or fixing the issue, of course. Um, and then you will see that it just goes away. Um, same thing with, with other examples that we have here. Some of the examples we, we would see that we have some um, that we have uh, JavaScript timers or native timers. These are also um, so a lot of things in React Native are built on on timers. The animations um, um, the animations module in React Native is built with with those timers. So if we if I have a timer that runs and and just runs in a loop, uh, then we know that we should wait for this timer. And if it doesn't end, if it, if it never ends, that we then, then we can't really do a lot yeah. with it. Um, so the, the way for us uh, to investigate all those is to, well, to know our application. Mm -hmm. There is no real way of saying, okay, this is this is a like it's a helper. It's not. Mm -hmm. it, it can't say exactly where your code executed and yeah. what it what it executed. And a part of this reason is uh, it attributes to the fact that React Native is uh, well two things. One, you have React Native is a declarative framework. And whenever you configure something, this is not the actual code that runs when when things happen. It just tells that you have some sort of uh, an engine that, or um, like this module, this native module that does things for you. So you you say, I want to have an animation that runs with this configuration and that, and and I want to do this at the end. So all, all those things are not being executed within the user's realm, but in their framework's realm. So uh, mm -hmm. Detox only understand the framework realm. It doesn't understand the user realm. We And we can't really do that with a de with the declarative uh, framework. It's not like, oh, we can't go back in the stack trace and find what the user did. A, a good way to start from is whenever you see something in your app that I don't know, that, that gets the app hand is first look at those logs, but then you understand that this specific event, let's say tapping on a button or that pushes a screen, will now get your application in, a, in an endless non-idle state. So you know that this button does something. So go and check out what this button does and, and try to disable some, some things. And it will probably pretty easily find what what's going on uh, so internally we see those things a lot so i i mentioned that we have like 100 developers uh running those e2es have their module being tested by by tests that someone else wrote we have mm -hmm. we have some sort of a smoke test suite that runs yeah. on everyone's code uh, and this sometimes poses an issue like this mostly developers see that and understand that this happens, 
just because they know that they did a specific change because it right. runs on every change that they do or on every uh, on every like a bunch of they they know they did a bunch of changes and they now run it against the the new I mean they run it against the, that suite and they know what those changes were um, so they know how to go back and fix whatever needs fixing yeah. This this can be very frustrating. We know that this can be very frustrating. Um, the fact that that your app hangs and you don't really know where things come from. And um, but if you know the app, if you know specifically what you did and what changes you made, it should be pretty easy. I won't say it's easy, but but it I mean it should be pretty uh, pretty okay to to solve. Um, yeah. And this has a really like great added benefit that you can make sure that your app doesn't use more CPU than it needs to use. Uh, I mean, if you didn't have detox testing your application, you could have a lot of like things running in the background, working mm. whenever your application, I mean, your application seems idle. I mean, the screen doesn't change. Nothing really happens. But in the background, it can do a lot of things and that, uh. that you don't really know that are being done. And with detox, this actually eliminates it because if your detox test is passed, it means that the application got idle eventually. That is a really good point that it's actually measuring a lot of stuff that is not visible to people and just hidden under the hood. But it, since it's watching that for other reasons, but it's watching that it will fail if it just watches these long running processes that are just cranking away there. Yeah. So kind of moving into the next section, which is actually pretty similar issue tests on CI are slower network issues, timeouts, slowness brings up a lot of issues that we would not see while developing locally. And this is another kind of broad issue. So really what detox gives you here isn't necessarily that it's going to fix or tell you exactly what to fix. You know, it's not going to come in and say, Hey, this component right here is running this hook and this hook is telling is doing something wrong. You know, it's not going to say that. But what it does give you is a bunch of tools, really cool tools. And these are things that I honestly didn't even know existed. Like I, I didn't know you could do all this stuff until I read your article. Now, to be, to be fair, I don't use detox every day. I, I manage a team and they, they use detox, but I think that this is probably something that may come to, as a surprise to some of our listeners. It comes with a bunch of stuff, including of course, logs. You can take a screenshot right away as soon as a test fails and and have that available you can take a video you can take a video and actually see what's going on like what what's on the ui uh you can there's a there's one called timeline there's instruments and there's ui hierarchy i know ui hierarchy you can bring that into xcode and actually kind of rotate the view around and look at the at the views kind of stacked on each other in a very visual way which is awesome uh talk about timeline and instruments if you would yeah, sure. So I would just say that UI hierarchy, um, this is a like very old uh, feature of Xcode, mm -hmm. but uh, it is now available in Xcode 12. Well, in Xcode 12, you can save this hierarchy dump and open it later. You don't have to be connected to the um, to the process. Uh, like to debug the process and, and see the hierarchy, you can actually now save a file. So mm -hmm. we took leverage of that and we now know how to do that on iOS. Uh, timeline. Um, so yeah, let, let's talk about timeline. So 
So Timeline is, is a tool that we developed actually for our internal use. Uh, we wanted to see how we can improve the runtime of Detox uh, internally, specifically while running with multiple workers. So we have Jest that orchestrates everything for us. It orchestrates uh, um, whenever it tests when a test starts it and and it orchestrates what the next test suite is going to run on the specific worker uh, so let's say we have like 20 files and we have five workers and whenever uh, a suite is is uh, ends uh, just just throws the next test suite on this worker and says okay now go ahead con continue with, with with this suite until there are no more suites left and mm -hmm. then it just shuts down everything until all the workers can finish and it just shuts down. So this timeline will show us like the real time run, the, the real runtime of all our tests. Uh, so it would, it's, it's a, uh, it just saves it as a Chrome trace uh, file that can then later be opened and we can see all the workers that, that ran and all the, test suites, and actually also internal events of Detox. Um, so you can see how much time it took for the app to launch and how much time uh, it took for a specific command line tool to run. So let's say we have Ixir run simctl install, which installs the, the, the app file on the simulator. We want to know how much time it takes. Uh, sometimes it, it takes a lot. We can't really do a lot of a, a lot with this, but uh, but with, with things that are more like user space, we can do. So we can then see that we have, let's say, we have three test suites and we run on three workers, but one of those test suites is like really, really long, but much, much longer than the others. So we'll have two test suites or two workers that are finishing in a minute. And then the, the third one, which is much longer, takes now 10 minutes. So everything would run, like the, the real runtime would be 10 minutes. Although we have two workers that are not really doing anything. This can help us optimize the way that the test suites are, are being distributed into files. Uh, so we have, if we have this one long test suite, we can then, we can probably break it up to maybe two or three test suites, like sub test suites with two, two different files. And then, um, just would do better work in parallelizing those. Uh, and, and instead of having one file that runs for 10 minutes and the others that run for one minute will have like three files, each run for three minutes or two and a half minutes. And then it will distribute, it, it distribute itself better uh, through the workers. And then we can probably cut like three minutes of runtime. Um, so, so this is what we use timeline for internally at Wix, but we also think that this is like a really, really good uh, way for users to see how their test distribution is is being laid out in uh, with, with with Jest. If all else fails when you're when you're building your test suite and you just have <laughs> you're having a hard time getting a test to to fail or it's it's kind of hanging or or taking a long time you can always do retries right and you you kind of put that in there you can you can always put in some retries jest will do it for you the, the jest circus you can uh, set a per test retry strategy you can do it per file um 
And these, uh, these often will fix, you know, the issue. It's not necessarily the, uh, shouldn't be the first thing you reach for. Of course, you should try to actually fix what's, what's wrong. But if at the end of the day, the code is working how you want it to, and, and it's still causing problems, you can always throw in a retry. And I feel like, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's reasonable, uh, to, to say, well, if there is a, there is a flaky test, we can't figure out what's going on the test or the the code itself is working once we're actually testing it manually let's just put in a retry well yeah if you have to then you you can you can definitely do that now yep. if you have an isolated test you can use jest's retry mm-hmm. mechanism which is like very targeted specifically at the test you're running so if you have like a long test suite and only one test fails it will only retry this specific test a few times um, but if you can't like if you can't do like good separation inside test suite, then profile would solve your issue. It's more like brute force in your face kind of if some test in this in this file fails, even if it took like 20 minutes to run and the specific test is like a few seconds, it would just run rerun everything. And then it would make sure that uh, that it runs exactly like it ran before. It would run the same tests in the same order. Mm-hmm. Another good tool that we have uh, in the artifact collection is Instruments. Instruments is, is a tool that we built internally at Wix. It's an open source as well, Detox Instruments. Uh, it's, uh, it's a tool that also runs some sort of framework inside the app. So it knows to, uh, it understands a lot of things from inside the app. It's, it's tied really well into Detox. We use that for our performance benchmarks. We know how to, uh, uh, to record all our performance metrics f- with this tool and then query uh, the output from, from this tool. Uh, but apart from performance benchmarks, we can actually find or we can actually record all the network data that is being uh, run inside the app. So in, in the article, I added an example of a test or of an artifact, of a detox instruments artifact from a test that has a 401 unauthorized response from a server. Uh, this is actually something that failed our test. And we wouldn't find it any, any there, there is no re- other way of finding it. Maybe if you add those, mm-hmm. uh, all those outputs, uh, inputs and outputs from your network to, to the log, and then you can like go and, and, and find it in the log. But this is something that is like, it's built in, it's a part of detox. You can just use it and see whatever you want. And it has all the, I mean, it saves all the network response uh, completely with all the headers and everything. And everything is, is laid out in the nice UI. Very cool. Well, thanks so much, Rodem. This has been absolutely educational to uh, kind of hear you go through all of this. And it gives me a lot more kind of confidence that when we do use detox in the future, that we have the tools that we need to to do this. There's a lot more to this than we went over. Obviously, we don't have much time in a in an episode uh, on on React Native Radio, but at the same time, uh, Rotem did just just write this article and published it. Uh, so I do encourage people to go look at that. Very open to feedback, from what I understand, and so that's something Definitely. that I think, yeah, that I think uh, people should be very free to get in touch with 
the Wix detox team and let them know kind of the experience that they're having. I know as I'll just speak for myself as an open source maintainer, if you can provide a minimal repro, if you can show like, hey, detox isn't working for me in this particular situation and send it over as an open source project, that is something that uh, I'm sure, you know, I, I know I'm for myself, it really is helpful because sometimes I can look at it and say, well, you forgot to do this or, well, there's this other thing that you can do. And sometimes it's like, nope, that's, that's a bug with my library. Thank you very much. I would be, I would encourage people f- uh, to do that. Rotom, if uh, people want to get in touch with you on Twitter, where can they find you? So my Twitter account is Rotemiz. It's R-O-T-E-M-M-I-Z. My DMs are open if you want, uh, or also just conversation uh, via Twitter. Uh, so definitely. Um, and also, of course, we have our GitHub issue board and with in, in Detox. Well, I'm not going to look at that, but the team will. <laughs> so, former so yeah, head. So, yeah, former. Uh, so, yeah, def- definitely go there. The, the thing is that we, we keep those, uh, we want to have good discussions. Uh, we want to understand the pains of users. Uh, I mean, we, we think we know the pains of the users because we are the users uh, ourselves and we are very close to other users, which are 100 developers uh, mm-hmm. inside Wix. Uh, and we know what what's uh, what's hard from that for them, and we know that we're trying. Whenever we're trying to help them, uh, we feel those problems uh, on like firsthand. Um, yeah. But definitely, this is something that we're trying to do for the past maybe half a year or maybe more, maybe almost a year. We're trying to yeah. improve. The way uh, that, let's say, the, the experience with, with, with detox. So we yeah. know that detox has a pretty good synchronization mechanism and that it tries, or at least, uh, or not, not tries. And, and we know that it, um, it solves the synchronization um, issue that, that, that you'll, you would have with a black box testing suite or yeah. black box testing uh, um, uh, framework. But but there are still a lot of things that, that can go wrong. Uh, and yeah. we want to make sure that users have everything they need uh, whenever a test fails to have like an actionable error, error uh, that would help them like pinpoint their issue as fast yeah. as possible and to get going as fast as possible. Because as, as a testing framework, we want to make sure that uh, users increase velocity when they use it and not, of course, the other way around. Uh, so, so it's important to, to, to have a tool that works well and that has, uh, that has a good feedback. Um, so if you feel that you don't have that and you read this article and you read the commentation and you found that this is something that you, you still don't have and you really want to have, then sure, let's talk about it and see uh, how we can improve it. Thanks a lot. And Harris, where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I am Nomadic Spoon. So it's uh, N-O-M-A-D-I-C-S-P-O-O-N. And I am Jamin Holmgren, at Jamin Holmgren on Twitter. As always, thanks to our producer and editor, Todd Wirth, our transcript and release coordinator, Jed Bartoski, and our social media coordinator, Missy Warren. Thanks to our sponsor. You know, I forgot to read our sponsor thing a bit at the beginning, but uh, I'll give I'll give a shout out to our sponsor at the end. It is my company, Infinite Red. Check them out at infinite.red slash react native. Special thanks to all of you listening to today. 
Make sure to subscribe, tell a friend about this episode, especially if they're having some problems with detox, and we will see you all next time.